Sippers, welcome to this episode of the Tea With Me podcast with me, Shane Todd. Buzzing for this episode. Honestly, in three years of doing this podcast, never been more excited for an episode. And we're going down to, actually, in real time when we're doing this, we're going down to do it now, so I'm a very giddy young boy. My guest is Bert Kreiser, one of one of the biggest comics in the world. I went to see Bert in Dublin. Me and Aaron Butler went down. About four years ago, we was playing Vicker Street. Tonight, the reason we've got him for the podcast is, as well as being a huge Tea With Me fan, he's playing the Three Arena in Dublin. So we're going down to do an episode with him before the show, and it's just wild that we're doing this. I asked him to do the podcast, didn't expect a yes, uh, and, and here we are. This is huge for the podcast. Bert is um, a stand-up, a podcaster, he does podcasts with Tom Segura, he does his own podcast called The Burtcast, and he's got a movie coming out called The Machine, which a lot of people will know Bert as a stand-up, as one of the America's top comedians, um, and I think a huge thing that went viral for him was a clip called The Machine, YouTube it if you haven't seen it, where he talks about a school trip he went on to Russia. And uh, that is now being turned into a movie. If you haven't seen it, watch it. If you've seen it, watch it again. Because it's one of the best stories ever told. And when we went down to see his gig in Vicker Street, me and Aaron. It got towards the end of the show. And he just asked the audience. Like a few people were shouting it. And he was like, yep, here we go. He finished with it. And I think as a... I already was a fan, but I warmed to him so much as a stand-up at that point. Because I was like, this guy just wants the audience to have a great time. And he told it, and you could tell like everyone knew it, um, and they loved it. It took the roof off, and there was people there who hadn't heard it, and they were just rolling about in the aisles. So this is this is mad. This is mad that we're doing it. I mean, you know, Bert's a guest on Tea with me this week. He does Joe Rogan quite a lot. You know, it's it's going to be a little bit of a <laughs> it's going to be a little bit of a culture shock when you go from Jamie to Dan. <laughs> But yeah, I'm I'm so excited to do this, and and this is what this is what I've wanted to do with this podcast for a long time is comics and and people that are coming over to Belfast or Dublin wherever to do shows or when they're filming something. I want them to come to this podcast because you know we I want this to be the local comics, the Belfast acts, the boxers, whoever we have on, the people that you love, and then I want to mix it up and also have huge names on like this and just be in a be in a scenario with them where hopefully they're not being asked stock questions and that kind of thing and we are just having a cup of tea. Maybe you see them in a in a different way than what they're used to. Bert Kreiser's doing tea with me. This is madness. We also uh, have to, of course, plug our uh, Patreon, which is patreon.com slash tea with me podcast. We do the bonus episode. Uh, we do live stream on a, on a Friday and we put post-exclusive gig news up there as well. We put the uh, SSE Arena tickets for Tea With Me Live on sale there before everywhere, so you can come check that out. We're sponsored by NordVPN. You know what it is by now, even if I don't. It's a virtual private network that protects your internet connection and privacy online. You um, you can use public Wi-Fi spots safely. It gives a secure encrypted tunnel, and you know I love tunnels. I'm obsessed with underground tunnels. And next time Burke Kreiser's doing a European tour and he adds Belfast onto that, which it will make him do, I'm going to take him to some tunnels because he strikes me as a guy who also enjoys tunnels. You take your cybersecurity to the next level with NordVPN's threat protection feature. 
You don't even need the connected VPN server for it to work. Fuck that. And once you enable it in settings to threat protection, always make sure you're browsing safer. You can access content from everywhere. Don't miss your favorite content from home when traveling abroad. It works for Windows, iOS, Linux. I don't even, nobody knows what Linux is. You can get your exclusive NordVPN deal by going nordvpn.com slash tea with me. All the information for that is in the description. There's also four months for free and Nord's risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee, which is a guarantee that they'll give you your money back within 30 days. We are also sponsored by Manscaped. Now, you know by now Manscaped is number one men's below-the-belt grooming products. Burke Kreischer's a pretty hairy guy. Maybe maybe we take the lawnmower 4.0 for a ride down to Dublin, shave his back. I don't know. I don't know how this is going to go, but if that's how it ends up, that's been a good part. Manscaped is uh, is the market leader in all this kind of stuff for, for pure business, you know, for taking care of... Of, of the old downstairs. They've got the lawnmower 4.0. These guys have ball cleanser, ball deodorant, ball everything. If it's something to do with balls, they're on it. They're on your balls. These guys love it. They do colognes. They do deodorant. Down in the in the one else Studios bathroom, there's Manscaped deodorant, which is a nice touch. There's a wee basket full of like different products. And there's hair product in there. And it is a hair product I use. But I won't use the one we have here because I'm like, who's ruffled their grubby hands through that to do this before? You go to manscaped.com, use the code TWITHME for 20% off and free shipping. Unbelievable if you're going on holiday, if you're traveling. They do the perfect performance package, the platinum pack. They've got everything. Great gift for an uncle you haven't seen in a while. Manscaped.com, use the code TWITHME for 20% off and free shipping. Before I explode, Mike, not like that. Let's introduce this episode of the Tea With Me podcast. My guest is the one and only Bert Kreiser. Bert, you drink tea? No. You know what's so funny is, as a kid, I loved tea. Like, that was the first grown-up drink I could have. Like, what? Like what? Because that's weird for a kid to be on the tea. So my my uh, my aunt, my grand, great-grandmother uh, was Irish. Her name was Fang. And... Uh, First name? That's what we called her, <laughs> Fang. There, I guess there was like a TV show called uh, something in Fang, right. and they she reminded everyone of her, and she would have tea with sugar and milk. Yeah. And so then she introduced that to me, and I was like, "Dude, fucking." So that's not common in America. No. But see, I find that weird. What? To not have milk and sugar with tea. Oh, I oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet it wouldn't have been. It would have been normal. Now everyone's so diet conscious, yeah. and, and the, that I, and no one would ever fucking do that. But I loved, I loved tea with milk and sugar. Yeah. I fucking loved it. My gra- uh, my granny used to leave me like a little bit of her tea back in the day, which is gross but really nice, like three yeah. sugars. I saw know. I saw a documentary on uh, the guy who started Virgin Airline, Richard Branson. Richard Branson, and it was so interesting to me. In the middle of the documentary, they're like, everyone's working, and he was like, you know, he's like, uh, can we just break to all have a, a, a little tea? And I thought, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> what a weird thing to do. But I guess it's customary. I guess it's like, you know, if you do that, if that's how you grow up, then that's what you do. Our thing in the States would be like, what's that noise? Are you pumping in gas here? I don't know. Do you hear that? Yeah, it sounds like a... Like a jungle or something. Is, is it those pipes again? Or? 
Is it? I have. By the way, I have no power to stop this. Oh, I have no power to stop it either. <laughs> no, but I, I think yeah, it's we the, just roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just roll. They're not hearing it. The, um, I just think it's such an interesting thing. I wish I had it because I like treats. I love treats. Right. And I, and and tea would be a great treat yeah. to be able to put in. Do you get a buzz off tea like caffeine? Like you wouldn't believe. For real? I just before I go on stage, cup of tea. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sounds so gay. <laughs> that's like the, that's like. Do you know what I do? Can I be honest? I yeah. because I like you know if I get too much adrenaline before I go on, I, I I'm not as good. I like to be a little bit laid back walking on. I have a cup of tea and I iron whatever shirt I'm going to wear backstage. So if you see me five oh. minutes before I go on stage, I'm ironing with a cup of tea. Secret time. My yeah. favorite thing in the world was ironing. Yeah. My favorite thing when I wore shirts on stage yeah. was to iron a shirt yeah. before the show. Therapeutic. It's so fucking. Ther- yeah. Can I tell you my favorite thing <laughs> yeah. that I mi- I don't miss it now. I I gotta say it's Ari Shafir. Should we answer Take it? it. T- tell him you're with me, and I'll pretend you should know who I am. Hey, what's up? <laughs> what up, bud? Nothing. I'm, nothing. I'm doing a podcast. What are you doing? Oh, you sound, I sound, you sound like when you call in on radio, and they say, we're going to get you on in a second. You sound like that voice. <laughs> no, I'm doing I'm doing uh, Tea With Me with Shane Todd. <laughs> it's in Ireland. I'm in Ireland. He'll know it. Oh, nice, bro. Yeah. What's up, Ari? All right, well. Here, here, Shane wants to say hi. Hey, Ari, how's it going, mate? <laughs> hey, do you ever listen to Big Les? Pardon? You ever watch Big Les? Yeah. You ever watch Big Les, the cartoon? Yeah. Yeah, you sound like sassy. Oh, I appreciate that. Ari, I'm <laughs> going to say, I can say you've been on the podcast now, which is sweet, so I'm crediting that. <laughs> That's fair. You can't yeah. understand a word I'm saying. Yeah. Appreciate it, brother. I can. No, just because uh, you sound like sassy from Big Les, I can understand totally. Oh, okay. Like, all right. Um, yeah, you can say I'm on the podcast. Use me in the thumbnail. Okay. <laughs> All right. Do you want to speak to Bert again? Or? Yeah. Tell him I'm calling. I, I want. I need to talk to him. Tell he, him he I'll, to call, I'll call you, He's you later. He's gonna call you back, Ari. Okay. Thanks okay. for being on TV with me. Tell him like AIDS is not a killer anymore. It's like you can live with it. So first of all, first of all, I've never believed in AIDS. Give me this. I've never, I've never, I've, you know, I have a real fucking issue with this AIDS fucking agenda being moved forward in the 80s. Because they were selling it to me like I was going to get it at homecoming. You're a virgin. I was a virgin. I thought I had AIDS. I had sex with the first chick I ever had sex with. And I was like, I've got full-blown AIDS. I've got full-blown AIDS. My dad's like, buddy, that's a fucking freckle. Calm down. <laughs> All right, we're going to have tea. I, I'll, I'll talk to you later. Call me back at the crumpet. All right, bye. Um, you, no, you take milk? I, I would never. I, cause I will. I'm, be, I'm I will, being presumptuous. I will. Can I make this the, the, please, the please Irish make way? It, make, it, make it, yeah. Okay. Um, You're not driving tonight, right? No. Because okay. no. this is full of fat milk. Full I'm fat gonna, milk. I have almond milk, so I'm gonna stir mine first. Is that okay to go? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Fuck. So you do you do almond milk in yours? Yeah, yeah. This what? guy, this is like going Austin Mike. Oh, this is. And then do you put sugar in it, or do you just do it with milk? No, no, you can't. You can't. I I used to. Yeah. Yeah. I won't yeah. do it. I'll do it like this. Okay. So is this your first like this first cup of like Irish tea or British tea? Like yeah, all oh, yeah, version would, of yeah. tea. I would. I went through a tea phase. They had opened like a place place called Tivana in. Uh, I, I like treats. Like I like, I like, uh, like I'm a, the kind of guy that would be like, "Oh, I should buy a pipe today," right. you know? Or I'm, I'm gonna get into, I'm gonna get into cigarillos. Yeah. Uh, I and and the ritual of something, the setting something up. Like uh, so, this place Tivana opened, and you could pick different flavored teas, and you'd smell them, and they smelled fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. And 
and then they'd teach you how to steep them and then you'd and then I was like I'm going to be a tea person and then uh this guy Doug Wilson was like oh yeah I went through a tea phase and he goes uh, the fucking boiling water's a problem and I said really and he goes burnt the fuck out of my daughter's arm she knocked over my tea and then I was like god damn it <laughs> so then I got away from tea I'm a co- I'm not even really a coffee guy to be dead honest with you right. I only do coffee I mean, I do coffee to, to wake up for a show. I like to have a cup of coffee. Oh, I know what I was going to tell you. Um, my favorite thing I miss from touring, my favorite yeah. thing I miss from touring, and I always say this, like, I, I appreciate it. I don't want it back. I like where I am. Um, so I don't want to put that in the universe that I want to go back there. But I'm, I genuinely miss on Sundays in the States. This is my, f- and, and I think any comic in the States will, will get this. Sundays. Waking up. Going to Subway. Like yeah. right by the whatever whatever sandwich shop or whatever thing was right by your hotel, walking it back to your hotel, taking your bag, emptying it out on the bed, uh, emptying your backpack on the bed, putting on football, having your iPad, your your laptop, and your phone set up with your fantasy football team, your Pickums League, all, everything set up, and then slowly throughout your Sunday, repacking your bag, organizing, getting ready for next week, possibly even doing laundry at the hotel so that you could pack your bag, leave it in the foyer, and then pick it up on your way out. Yep. That fucking Sunday ritual. And then and then, and then, and then, taking a little bit of a nap at like 4 o'clock, waking up at 5 o'clock, going to the gym, working out, going to the club at 7, and, uh, and having your first cocktail. And I used to, what I really used to love to do was pick a drink and then drink them out of it. So I go white Russians. <laughs> Today's white Russians. It just, was a, just you, by the way. Not no, no, no. The the thing. So I go up and I'd say, uh, I'd say, it's white white Russian Sunday, and uh, and I'd get up on Sunday. Man, I really, I'm, I'm, I genuinely loved doing clubs. I loved, I love stand up, but the act, the act of having a party every night, throwing a party for myself every night, yeah. was so such a fucking. Treat and I'd go. I'd get on stage and I'd say, "Everyone, I'm drinking White Russians tonight. Order yourself a White Russian. We're going to drink them out of White Russians." And people would start going, "White Russians, White Russians." And then we drink them out of White Russians. And 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 I remember, uh, I remember them saying, uh, I remember Dave Stroop going like, yeah, "That's a great. That's, I'm, I can sell White Russians. You just made me a fucking load of money." Right. And then I knew I'd come back because I'd made the money drinking. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. See, when you're an Irish comic, like they. Anytime I do a show outside of Ireland, especially in London, they will always come up and say the bars, like your audience drank the bar. Right? Oh yeah! Like like I do Leicester Square Theatre in London, which is a real nice venue, and they always like they speak to their supplier yeah. when they, when I book a gig in, and they yeah. get more booze in because the the, the the Irish crowd just like this bite. is something I could I could talk about for. For an entire weekend yeah. of podcasting, yeah. I my I, it was how it was how I started getting successful in stand up was that I knew I could sell drinks. Right, David Tell, you, you, I mean, yeah, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. David yeah. Tell told me one time I, I came back from Houston, the last last stop, and he goes, "How'd you do?" I said, "Good." And he goes, uh, "What were your bar sales?" And I said, "Huh?" <laughs> and he goes, "Do they were they drinking?" And he goes, "Let me tell you something. You can't. I can't tell you that they're going to know what comedy is. The the owner, but I can tell you this." If you have high bar sales, you're coming back. And that right. fucking stuck on me. I flew in a private jet with David Tell. And I got to explain to him on this private jet how much 
he imprinted yeah. the way I not only ran my business, the way I lived my life, and the way I did stand up, the way, like, my integrity on comedy and how I believe comedy's, like, great stand up is the thing you have to do first. Secondly, you got to look at this as a bit, like, I, I broke it down. Me and Big J sat on a private jet. Everyone was there. That's all I talked to. There's a picture. I, it's one of my favorite pictures, them sitting right across from me. And, uh, but yeah, and then so I, I started going into clubs and I would focus on. I would focus on drinking, and I'd have them bring a bucket of beers on. I'd take a bucket of beers on stage with me. I'd do shots. The audience wanted to do shots, and I got to the place where I was doing clubs, and I was so proud. I was selling out alcohol like they, you couldn't start on. Um, I remember we had a Saturday <clears throat> Saturday morning show the night before. Joe Flacco, the quarterback for the Ravens, showed up, and we we stayed Friday night until like four in the morning at the club. Saturday they went to start the show and they couldn't start it because they didn't have alcohol. They didn't have any beer. They ran out of tequila. They were like, we're waiting for our vendor to show up. And so then, okay, so then that was my thing, right? I do a festival called uh, Fully Loaded. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you want to talk about taking it to the next level, we drank stadiums. Because that's a baseball stadium. Stadiums. We set record attendance in all our venues, right? Well, it's, it's a cheat code because you, for a baseball game, you can't sit people on the infield. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's like, we set record attendance, but it's like, oh, yeah, well, no one's going to break that record. <laughs> but we drank them out of beer. We drank them out of beer. The beer coolers were empty, and there were cups on the fucking taps upside down. We drank them out of fuck. And I remember thinking... That's fucking crazy. I had a, a fucking someone pull me aside and go, "Do you feel? Don't you feel like you have a responsibility to your fans to kind of save their lives, <laughs> <laughs> like get them to lose weight?" And he's like, "Not." It was uh, I, I forget who it was. He was like, he was like, like he goes, "The thing that the, the, whoever this was, he was like, the thing that frustrates me about Rogan is he preaches smoking weed." He's like, but not everyone's Joe Rogan. Not everyone can smoke weed, get in a deprivation tank, have a panic attack, and find it useful, right? Like that, Joe loves that. He loves when his brain starts talking in cartoons, and and he's watching them fuck each other, and and he loves that. He loves it. And I, I, I never speak for Joe. I speak for him on this. He loves it. Um, I don't like that. So I, we doesn't work like that for me. Yeah. But no one, not no one, but not very few people have what I have, where I can drink all night and then wake up and work out hard as fuck. Yeah. And get get a lot of shit done and and so i remember him saying that and he was like he's like joe has a responsibility when he talks about weed he should have a responsibility you have a responsibility with alcohol because he was not everyone doesn't cheat on the wife doesn't drink and drive doesn't like there are little few few key things i throw in my life where i go keep these keep these sacred and then you can do whatever the fuck you want yep yep i like the idea that in 100 years outside the baseball stadiums there's a statue of you people are like what, what position did this guy play? Or like, You're no, reading no. my fucking brain. It's still, okay. you, you want know, the statue. You know the difference between me and Segura? Yeah. Is he doesn't care if anyone remembers him. Right. <laughs> I care. Well, now, if you find out that it costs like $80,000 for a bronze life-size statue, and you, would you fund it? Well, hold on. What do you think? I like it. I like it. You know, you like it. I like you it. feel a little something in it? No, not yet. You feel your ancestry in that? No, I do. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, all of a sudden, my, my my I got triggered as soon as you said that because I went back to Ari drugging me, right. and I was like, "Oh <laughs> fuck, guys, yeah. we just walked the devil into our house." No, I. 
Imagine someone has to tell the audience, like, Shane Todd slipped this guy a little yeah. too much day. I We should do what you do to the clubs with it. We should fuck the Starbucks around the corner. And you walk on with that and say to everyone, we're getting tea after this. At the interval, everyone hits that Starbucks. God. Put them out for the weekend. Good. If you if you find out it costs $80,000 to get a life-size bronze statue of you, would you fund one outside a baseball stadium that just gets to stay there permanently? Outside one baseball yeah, stadium? Yeah. I'd, I'd put them all over the place. <laughs> I would put them all. I would like to put statues of me everywhere, and people go, "What? What the fuck is that anyway?" I I love I I definitely want like I I want a statue of me. Sigur and I were fucking around about it. I want one at Florida State, like at one where I went to college, of me. Like I want it to be a good luck statue. Where like do you ever you ever see that statue where the they uh, it's a poet and they fuck his um his dick. Is he has a hump of a dick in his leg, and it's he he brings fertility to you. So women trying to get pregnant go there and grind on that dick, right. and they get pregnant. I would love that for me. Like if you rub my belly, you don't get a DUI, and I'm right outside a bar, and everyone just rubs my belly. Can I? You know that we're in three arena right now. Yeah. Can I? T- can I tell you like a horror story from a gig I did here? Yeah, sure. Oh, this is so bad. Uh, like late last year, Kevin Hart played here. Oh fuck! He came to do um, a movie in Belfast. Yeah, three months he lived in Belfast, and he's getting ready for his tour. So he wanted to do like little work in progress shows. We did twenty four shows. I opened for him. Then we did. The he did twenty four shows here. Yep, in in Belfast, in like a hundred cap. Oh, oh okay, okay. <laughs> Not the arena. You just put my <laughs> career in such perspective. I go. He did twenty four shows here. I have a hard time selling one out. He's did twenty four. Yeah, but you're getting the statue. Yeah. So well, his statue's a little. I would love statues that Kevin Hart all around. They ha- they just put him inside roller coasters. You have to be this tall. I love Kevin. <laughs> so we do the do like these twenty four intimate shows in Belfast. Yeah. Um, and then we finish with the arena. So we do three arena here. And the in like my local arena in Belfast, DSSE. So we come here, and I've never played to like this many people before. Yeah, my biggest was maybe three, four thousand at this point. Um, and he's coming here, packed house, uh, and the whole the twenty four shows have been like great, like so good. I do twenty minutes before him, and it's usually a twenty minute set. But I usually get a queue of like Kevin's ready to go on. Sometimes twenty minutes. Sometimes I got to fill an extra five, ten, yeah, yeah. whatever. Um, and they'd flash me to be like he's ready to go on, and I'd be like, you can fucking wait. I never, I never said that. I was always yeah, like, yeah, yeah, no problem, yeah. no, you can go on. <laughs> so I'm doing the arena here. It's great set. It's great time. I've got the adrenaline. I've had three teas, right? So I'm yeah. like a little bit out of it. And um, I finished on my like last joke. And I look at the side, and there's no one telling me, like, more time. So I go, ladies and gentlemen, you ready for the man you're here to see? And I've never heard that many people go, <sighs> I say, please welcome to the stage, the one, the only, Kevin Hart. Now, sometimes when I introduced him at the small shows, he'd walk on, and we'd do, like, a little handshake. Yeah. Or sometimes he'd wait for me to walk off, and then he'd come on. So I, like, get, and the place pops, and I'm like, oh, tonight, he's waiting for me. It's the arena, so yeah. he wants to come on by himself. I walk off, his music hits, big Kendrick Lamar track, all the visuals start. When I walk off side stage, he's not in the vicinity. Like, he's not in the backstage area. The crowd are going nuts. I stand there, but 20 people, crew, or no one's saying anything, just looking at me. I'm like, fuck, do you want me to go back on to the promoter? I'm like, you want me to go back on? He's like, I want you to do nothing. We stand there, someone's a way to get him. 
the the pop has slightly calmed down. The track, right, which is really supposed to be like ten seconds, is winding down. You know, like like the the tracks, like it's kind of like getting to an instrumental yeah. part of it. The crowd are like, "What's happening here?" I was like, "Gone." I'm like, "I'm not gonna." Because the next night we're supposed to do Belfast. I'm like, "They're gonna cut me from that." Yeah. We're with the same agency. I was like, "They're gonna drop me," and I understand. I was like, "I'd accept oh, no, it." All. Okay, keep going. But I'll tell you, the answer is no to that. But right. keep going. Yeah. I, I, I'd accepted all of it. I yeah. was like, "I'm done." You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm done. Maybe I can start a tea business or something like that. Yeah. Then, like, what feels like an hour later, but it's like two minutes. He arrives, and the promoter goes, "Go back on." I walk out. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to stage, Kevin Hart. Crowd pops again. He goes on. He addresses it at the start, and it's never mentioned again. But that whole set that he when he's on, I can't enjoy it because I'm like, I have fucked his career. No, <laughs> no, no. I thought. I'm like he's he's gonna like beat me up, and I have mm-hmm. to let him. I'm, I'm like I'm done, like I'm yeah. totally done, and it was just never mentioned. Yeah, but I thought honestly, like it was the worst. Like it should have been the best night, but I just could. I was like I fucked it. For Didn't him. did Rosebud do that for me? Yeah, it was in her. I was gonna yeah. ask. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's but that I don't. The, here's the beauty of our job. Here is the absolute beauty. Is that in order to be Kevin Hart, he had to be you. Yeah. Right? And in order for me to be Kevin Hart, I got to be me right now. So, like, and I had to work the door. And Kevin had to work the door. And we all had to work the... So, like, we all understand the massive fuck-ups we do. Yeah. So, only cunts. Real cunts. Yeah. Real cunts. And it's the kids that get gifted a career at, like... At like 23, and they, they get discovered by something, and then they get plugged into something, and then they do a special, and, and they don't really, and I, I mean earn it. And I, I think people, maybe I won't understand this, but comics understand it. Sometimes people are like kind of given a career, and then they treat everyone like assholes, and, and the whole industry goes against them. The, the comics are like, fuck that yes. guy. Yeah. And then when they get canceled, everyone's like, mm, couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Yeah. And so... <clears throat> But that's the beauty is that Kevin had to be you to be Kevin today. Yeah, yeah. And and trust me, Kevin is a I mean, he's a he's a mogul. He's fucking next level. He's an inspiration. But he was also a fuck up comic too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's uh Rosebud Baker did that to me. And you just I, he introduced you and you just weren't there? She she was uh she was I can't remember what it was, but she 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 fucked up. And then she was stewing in the back thinking, I'm getting fired. Yeah. And I came back. I was like, I would never fire you. Do you have any idea how many times I did that? Yeah, yeah. I, how many times I would go. I remember I brought Janine Groffalo on stage one time and I said, I got, it was a lineup and I got a lit, I got a thing and I, it said Janine Groffalo. And I went, oh, oh, <laughs> this isn't a pirate ship. We have a woman. Oh. And Janine Garofalo's in the back like, huh? And I go, move some dicks over. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Janine, and she wouldn't shake my hand. She, didn't want, she wouldn't shake my hand, not like being a dick. But I think she was trying to do a bit out of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, and then I've, I've met her since. Uh, but you don't know that till the end of her set? You don't know that until the end of her set? You're like, I fucking ruined it. Yeah. And then you have cunts, like real cunts. I remember uh, there was a guy, I think his name was Alan Havey. Um, he was so so mean to me. I, I, I don't know if that is who it is. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. He's just about as tired, by the way. Yeah, okay, I don't, he's not going to listen to this. And oh. I, 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 I'm almost certain he mocks podcasts with I, like he was. Fuck him. I remember asking him. I remember asking him. I was a young comic, and this is why I think it's so important when, if you have any little success, to lose your ego, 
100% when you're in a comedy club and be everyone's the same because I said, um, hey, man, what do you want me to say about you? And he goes, are we being serious right now? And I said, yeah. And he goes, uh, Emmy Award winning writer. How's that work for you? And I went, cool. <laughs> and I just was like, Emmy Award winning writer. And like, I'm, I don't fucking know who you are. Yeah, this is before yeah. we had phones right. that you could Google shit. Yeah. And so I, that's happened. That shit's happened to me. See that like backstage environment where like everyone's equal. I did the uh, comedy cellar in Vegas, and <laughs> yeah. Was- Ooh, can I can I can I tell you something? <laughs> Absolutely. So one of the one of my highlights of my career, and and we all we all have weird highlights, things that make us excited for our success. I was in Vegas with my family, and I got a call from Esty, who books the yeah. comedy cellar in New York. I started in New York. I got passed at the cellar. In like 2000, maybe 2001, beginning of 2001, by Manny, I think. Manny, her brother. My, it could be off on all this. Manny's since passed, but I got passed by Manny uh, when I did stand-up there. But I never worked there because I lived in L.A. And I was like, fuck, if I had done this. I told Manny, I said, if you had passed me six months earlier, I would be living in L.A. right now. Right. I would be living in New York. Yeah, I would yeah. be a New York comic. Um, But Esty was like always like, it was like, she was like a, almost like like Mitzi, like like a fucking – she could change her career. I was on vacation with, with my family in Hawaii. I got a call from Esty, and she said, uh, hey, Bert, uh, I would love – just a voicemail. I would love to um, get you to work at our club, you know, whatever. Uh, we have a club in Vegas, and, and Bobby Kelly tells me we got to get you in there, and, I, and I, you know, you're so fun. And I was like <sighs> – I was like, it was like, the, and I remember being on vacation with my family in 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 Hawaii, being like to my wife, Esty just called me. Yeah, she's a legend. Yeah, she's a legend. Yeah. She's a legend. I don't. I wonder if she knows how much people. I'm so sorry. Tell me your Comedy Central story or Comedy. No, no, no. Tell me about that story. first. No, that's oh, it. just you and Buzz. I was like, I was like, fucking yes. I was so pumped. And uh, but those little, there's little things like getting past at the at the store. So funny. Uh, it's the thing, like, you know, when people go, yeah, he remembered my name or something like that. Yeah. And those things really do matter. I'm so bad with names. I really, honestly, when someone introduces themselves to me, I just hear um, the Chicago Bulls entrance music because I'm about to say my name. They're like, hi, my name's, and I go, don, 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 don. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Bert. And then I go, Bert Kreischer. So, um, but uh, when I got passed to the seller, uh, the store, I was first of all, I was like, I hope that if you're a comic, you hear this and you and this means something to you, because it's it should. I always feel like I sh- I always feel like. By the way, talk about fucking ego, not being able to check it. I always feel like an inspirational comic story because I didn't really get successful until I was like forty four. Shit, I've got ten years. I got to wait ten years. <laughs> well, no, that the beauty is the beauty is. If you're 43 and you haven't hit, you can still go, well, Bert, I got one year left. <laughs> yeah. I got one year left. Like, I was a late bloomer. And, and if I had success, Ari would call bullshit on what I just said. Because I had success. Like, I did television. Yep. I did I did some stuff. I did an hour special for Comedy Central in 2009. Didn't really pop. And I had some success here and there. But I wasn't, like, successful. I wasn't, like, I wasn't... Uh, I was, I was just, you know, struggling, and I wasn't passed at the store. I was probably 43, 44, and I wasn't passed at the store. And uh, I was, I, I, maybe I was selling some tickets, but not a lot on the road. And definitely not a lot on the road. My guarantee was like 6000 
and uh, with maybe five hundred dollar bonuses, no percentage deal, and uh, and I got past to the store. They called me and said, you, "We want to make you a paid regular." In order to do that, you got and I was so nervous. You got to come, you know, come down and do your first paid regular spot. Call in your avails. So I called in my avails. Got my first paid regular spot. I was so fucking excited. I was like, "Do I take my shirt off?" Like, I feel bad taking my shirt off. I know I would do that normally, yeah. but I, in this environment, should I leave it on? Like, whatever. And then they were like, "I get there," and they're like, "Oh, okay. but just a vest." What? Oh, just a vest would be fucking nice. Yeah. It's so halfway, halfway host. <laughs> so I go, I get there, and Adam Eget, who I absolutely adore, I'll never hear a bad word come out of my mouth about Adam. He's like, he's like, oh, I hate to do this. I know we got you at ten thirty. Um, Judd just showed up. Judd, Judd Apatow. So Judd's gonna just go in front of you, and then, um, and then we're gonna you go after, uh, after Judd. And I was like, okay. So then he. I'm sitting there and I'm waiting for Judd. I don't see Judd. And he goes, okay, I'm so sorry. So Louie just came up. Louie's going to bump Judd. So it's going to go Louie, Judd, then you. And I was like, okay. And then he comes up and he goes, ah, oh, this is bad. <laughs> Daniel Tosh just showed up. So it's going to go Louie, Daniel Tosh, Judd, then you. And no, so now my 1030 spot is now at 12 o'clock spot. It's like 1130 is when I'm going to go on. Louie comes up. He's the sweetest guy in the world. He really is. I fucking absolutely adore Louie. And he doesn't. He just says, you know, how you doing? It's good to see you. Goes up, does his spot. Tosh comes up, and he's like, he's like, uh, I bumped you. And I'm like, I know. And he's like, starts giggling to himself. <laughs> and he goes, uh, what time do you think you end up tonight? And but doesn't no one knows it's my first. They think I'm a paid regular. Everyone thinks because I'm. They think they know me. They think I'm a paid regular. Judd comes up. Judd introduces me, doesn't ask for my introduction. Judd introduces me, and he he gives me a solid introduction. Ladies and gentlemen, this next guy is fucking hilarious. You may see him. He's he has he's done a couple specials. He had a travel channel show called Birth Conquer, and I'm like, he knows my intro? Gives me my intro. I go up. I do okay. I, I didn't do great. I did okay. I get off stage, and I have this like moment where I get to breathe, and I go, I did it. Like I'm a, I'm a paid regular. I did my first spot. Tony Hinchcliffe comes up and goes, hey, congratulations, man. He goes, I know this is your first spot as a paid regular. Let's go do a shot. And I was like, I was like, did any, like, who told him? And so we went out and we took a shot and he goes, this is a big deal. By the way, Tony's 15, 12 years younger than me. Yeah. Not like my peer, but not like my age peer. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, so, it meant so much to me to have that moment with Tony and, and Tony and our friends, but we don't hang out all the time. Like we see each other, talk bullshit, friendly text, whatever, always podcast is fun guy. Love him. But it was just, it was, it was this little thing that he almost, he, I mean, practically cemented himself in my heart forever because of that little moment. And I was like, God, I want to do more shit like that for people. Yeah. But th those places, it's like those little achievements are this big thing in your career where people go, but what about when you sold dot, dot, dot? Or what about when you did that? And you're like, oh, no, it was that time Mattel called me. And he goes, hey, uh, <laughs> or, or, I like that fucking deaf kid joke. Yeah. And you're like, what? Th but those like those little, th like the, so I was on honeymoon in Vegas, stupidly asked to do, this is years ago. Yeah. Uh, sent an email to Este, just got a contact from someone. I'm on honeymoon here from Ireland, comic. Could I do like five minutes? She said, yeah, I shouldn't have done it because I was totally in like vacation mode. Like, oh, yeah. wasn't ready to work. She was there. She's there. So I do it in the green room. Nobody like, I walk in and I'm not like trying to chat. I'm just like, say hello, introduce myself. Yeah. 
nobody's really interested. It's actually a lot of like British comics that live in America, right? So no one's really like. Also, I'm wearing shorts. I shouldn't have been. I like, and they were like too short. Like, you know what I mean? Like, not like ridiculous. No, but no, just, they're like Conor McGregor short. They're not like. I'm, they're yeah. not like. I'm also here to work. They're, these are like this guy's having fun. Yeah. Um. But so I don't think they even know I'm on, and I'm not like, oh, I'm a comic. So I'm just awkwardly in the green room. I'm not. I, I have a terrible set. I go up to S Day. Um. To basically, they have an early show and late show, and I'm basically going to go. Look, that was not a representation of like how good I am. Could I also do an open spot at the late show? I went up to her and said, "Hi, I'm so." And she went, "No." <laughs> like I, I had such a bad gig, and no comedian chatted to me after, apart from one person who really made a huge effort, and it was Tony Woods, and he came up the greatest. Uh, now he didn't obviously did not know who I was at all. Just saw like this guy struggling in shorts, and came up to me and like he was like, "Hey man," he's like, "Don't worry about that." Um, he goes, what, you know, what, where are you from, and that kind of thing, and just took like five minutes to chat to me, yeah, and that, that, that meant loads to me. Oh, it means the world. Yeah. It means the fucking world when those things happen. I did the, um, I, I did like my first tour last year of, of the states, like yeah. a small tour, but like yeah. first time I'd done it, and um, I did the belly room in the store, yeah, and like there wasn't that many people there. It was like a Thursday night. It was one of the best moments of my career. Just, you, just being in the room. I'll tell you a good story. So um, I do. By the way, I I do get a buzz off tea. Yeah, this is pretty fucking awful. It's a little bit cold. Like, I, you know what? I might start drinking spots of tea. So um, so he, so I get I get this is a okay. This is a shitty story. I've told it before, but like I hope that it comes out as good as it is meant to come out. So um, in 2000, I'm trying to guess, probably 2012 maybe, I'm guessing, we'd all started podcasting. We'd all been podcasting. I told the machine story on Rogan, and it was gaining traction, and I, my, I felt the energy of my stand-up and podcasting taking over my hosting, but I got this hosting gig in uh, Amsterdam for Showtime. I was going to host this big, uh, I think I hosted, I hosted a big... Um, fucking comedy thing for a bunch of comics and i was the i was the host kind of i also did stand up right so we get done and i and, and i'm filming they're filming a documentary on me uh this these guys that we did a kickstarter and i said hey let's let's we're gonna fly i have a fear of flying so i go let's take the train into london from amsterdam let's do let's hang out in london for a couple days and then we'll fly from london to la and they're like we should get you into the comedy store you can do stand up there and i go oh, i fucking love that it's fucking legendary so my management calls over and they get me like a seven minute spot and I'm like, great. So I show up at the comedy store with the film crew, which is, is a an aggressive move, <laughs> but they had clean, they had cleared it with that someone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, Hey, uh, I'm here for the co uh, comedy show. And they're like, the line's over there. And I was like, no, no, no. Uh, I'm, I'm a comedian. And the guy goes, nope. <laughs> it was a, I think it was a black dude. He was like, no, you're not. And I was like, no, I am. I'm, I'm a. And he goes, no. Now, I am understanding they must get hundreds of thousands of Americans yeah. saying, I do comedy in the States that don't do comedy in the States. <laughs> yeah. It used to be a big trope is that if you couldn't do stand-up in New York, you just moved to England or or, or uh, Australia and do stand-up there. Right. And so I go, no, actually, I'm on the thing. And he goes, looks, and he says, I don't see your name. And I was like, I, I, I know, but maybe is there a guy named Dot Dot? And they're like, you don't know. And I was like, 
okay, can I talk? Maybe talk to someone else. There's a big black guy. I go, can I talk to someone else? And he goes, you're talking to him. Yeah. And I said, well, I know, but I, I know that I talked to someone. You know that I didn't talk to someone. But I know there's someone inside that knows I talked to them. My management set this all up. I'm supposed to do seven minutes, and we're okay to film in here. He goes, no filming, and you can go away. And I'm like, oh my god. So if I go, so I just get in line. I go up to the front thing, and the guy's like looking at me like, think I'll buy a ticket. And I go, I'm supposed to do comedy here. He goes, I told you. And they're like, and the people behind the counter are like, no. And I was like, I go, in my head, I'm like, this isn't how it works in L.A. In L.A., yeah. you just walk in and go, I'm a comic. And they go, oh, okay, go in. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Finally, the DJ comes out. The guy in the DJ booth. And he goes, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot to put him in. He's, he's doing a spot tonight. And no apologies. No, <laughs> yeah. no oh, well, welcome to the club. And like, fine. <laughs> Don't get in anyone's way. Like, and I'm like, okay. So, like, I'm already starting on a bad foot. I sit in the back. Uh, I'm watching the show. I go back to the green room, and the comics back there are absolute cunts. Yeah, absolute cunts. Yeah. Like, and they're not talking to me. No one's talking to me. the The only guy that's kind of nice to me <laughs> is a guy named uh, Boy with tape on his face. Yeah, he's yeah. the only guy being nice, but he doesn't fucking speak. He's got tape on his fucking face. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen him before, but they're, they're but they're being like bullies. They're uh, they're like uh, they're like from the states, are you? I'm yeah. bad. I'm bad at accents, and I'm like, yeah. And they're like, keep it tight, keep it tight. You want to want to work here? Best club in the goddamn world. You keep it tight. And I'm like, oh, Who was I have no fuck. I wish I knew. I, I have footage of these guys doing this. Right. And so I'll release it. Uh, I'll, I'll know them. Oh, you'll definitely know them. They're they're big. They're comics. They're fucking comics. Uh. I know who they are probably in, in New York. I know what type of comic they are yeah, now, yeah. you know? Yeah. I'm a, also a comic, so I go, he goes, don't run the light, don't run the light. And I go, what's the light? And he goes, oh, my God. I'm going, I'm, go, I'm joking. I'm yeah. joking. <laughs> yeah. I, I go, uh, I go, you guys do, you guys, like, they like racial jokes because they don't live here, right? And he's <laughs> like, and these guys are not getting comedy. They're not getting me joking. Yeah. I can't break the seal. <laughs> yeah. I can't get someone to go. Who do you know? Do you know? And like they're saying people, like, do I know this person? And I'm like, yeah, we all know that person. Yeah. So boy with tape in his face goes up and fucking murders. Yeah. Incredible. He murders so fucking hard. He's the only one in that room that I that I remember because of his fucking act. And I'm sitting in the back of watching boy with tape on his face and I'm going, I can't follow that. Like I right. don't actually, I really am going to bomb all this lighthearted joking. They're gonna watch me eat a dick. Yeah, I, this guy's so good. And luckily, they take an intermission, like a little in, intermission. You guys don't do intermissions. No, no, we're doing one tonight. We never do them. And I'm like, whew, thank God, reset the room. The dude who's the biggest prick goes out, and he's my host, and he does his time. He does a little extra. It was interesting because he told me not to run the light, and then he gives me a, this guy's from the states. We'll see what we get or something ah, like real yeah. shitty intro. Yeah, fucks my name up. And I go out, and I fucking light. That room is hot. That room is hot. And I've been doing stand-up at that time for fucking probably 15, 20 years. So I know what I, I definitely know what I'm doing with stand-up. And I'm doing it so much. And I just filmed a set in, in, uh, in fucking Amsterdam. I light the room up on fire. And, and it, I get the light at like seven minutes. They give me the light. And I already know my time. And they give me the light. I wrap up at 7.15, 7.30. I go to get off. I go to get off stage. The host comes out and he's like, "Wow!" Like, I go to the green room and the dudes who were being jerks to me. One guy goes, 
I, I guess you've done this before. I said, yeah. I said, I'm a professional fucking comedian. And they're like, that was crazy. Like, that was hilarious. Yeah. I was like, thanks. And they're like, where, 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 where are you from? And I was like, oh, wow, now you guys are going to be nice They're your friend, though. Yeah, well, but they were cool. I ended up having a beer with them yeah. and talking to them. And, and, then, and then you realize... I don't think I don't think I would be like that, but I'm in a different place in my career than those guys were. You know, when yeah, you're yeah. when you're struggling and you see someone someone taking some of the time that you have allotted for yourself, you get a little um, you get a little territorial. Um, I know that happens in New York and it probably happens in L.A. But um, but that, that that's like the Tony Woods thing. Boy, with the tape in his face, you killed was the one who made the effort with you. Tony Woods was the one who killed at that, and he came up to me. Yeah, Tony Woods you know? is Tony Woods is a legend. Man. He's like Dave Chappelle's mentor, isn't he? He's my mentor. He, my, when oh, okay. I started, I have a I have a ton of Tony Woods stories. But when I started, Chappelle was out in L.A. Tony was still back in in the clubs in New York, and he kind of took me under under his wing. He used to call me Sugar Bear, and. Uh, <laughs> And he, we, he taught me everything. He would interrupt my sets and fuck with my sets. And then he, he, I mean, him and Patrice were two people that were like, Patrice. One time, I, I was, we were getting ready to do a, a set, and I had a set list, like a little set list of my thing. And Patrice comes over. We're getting ready for this huge fucking audition. And Patrice goes and looks at his list, and he goes, "Are these new jokes?" And I said, "No." <laughs> and he goes, "Oh." And he ripped it in half, and he goes, you're not that comic. <laughs> I said, what? And he goes, you're not a list comic. He goes, you either know it or you don't know it. Yeah. And if you don't know it, you're fucked. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Uh, yeah, Tony Woods is the fucking, he's the greatest. He's the greatest. I love him. I adore him. I think I'm, I've... I've taken so much of my style. I don't think you'd recognize it, but you know, when you're a comic, you borrow from people's styles to figure out how to get you yeah, from A yeah. to B. And for me, Tony Woods, Tony Woods and uh, Atel were my two like my two lighthouses, my two channel markers yep. that I would like as I wrote jokes. I'd be like, "How would Atel do it? How would Tony do it? How would Atel do it? How would Tony do it?" Yeah. Um, fucking love Tony. I love Tony. Let me ask you this. Um, You've a day off in Dublin tomorrow. We were thinking, oh, I wonder are you doing Belfast on the tour, and we were going to give you a Belfast day of fun, a bespoke Belfast day of fun yeah. with activities. Yeah. Say like next time you're touring Europe, you do Belfast. Yeah. Here, here's what I was thinking. I just want to run it by you. Oh, I've just, already, just I've got big plans. I just saw a movie like Pipe Bomb. You, we want you want like to car bombing, car bombing. <laughs> I mean, do that. Things to do in Belfast. <laughs> we can set that up. <laughs> Hate crime, something fun, you know. You want to get into yeah. a little bit of chasing kids out of our neighborhoods. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, I want to do it. <laughs> no, I. The fucked up thing is we could set that up. Like that could be such a <laughs> that's such a gold mine for American tourists well, coming. Oh, it's, well, it's, it's like all we knew about Belfast, and I never understood. I never understood like. Uh, like the Protestant Catholic thing, because I, well, I, I I still don't. I, I'm like I'm like, aren't we the same thing? It's just one of those things. Like it's like, okay, like it's got, it's a, you know, it's just our thing. My grandmother would wouldn't go to my wedding. This is crazy because Leanne, my wife's Baptist. Right. She goes, no, he's marrying a Baptist, <laughs> the barefoot fucking illiterate. No, I'm not. Oh my God! Why would we let him marry a Baptist? Is but, she originally from Belfast? No, she's uh, she was. First generation American from uh, her family's Irish. My dad's dad is German. My mom's family is a hundred, like top to bottom Irish. They were the first Irish. So Irish, uh, it's funny because it, it's, it, 
it's it, when when we do this about our heredity, it sounds like when Elizabeth Warren goes, "I'm part Native American," because there's no, we have no real connection with it. There's a snobbery towards that with Irish people. We're like, yeah. if an American person tells you about their ancestry, Irish people, oh fuck that, like yeah. Like yeah, yeah. It, it's totally like I I like it. You know, if people are like yeah. the American people love Ireland, like and and there is obviously so much ancestry there. You you know one thing we, we were gonna do, what we will do next when you come to Belfast. What's that? You know, what I was gonna I was gonna get us a DeLorean. A DeLorean. Yeah. Why are those still around? I know a okay. guy. They yeah. were built in Belfast. The DeLorean factory oh, was it? Yeah. Was, I watched that documentary. Was in Northern Ireland. I'm not good at retaining information. Okay. I'm good at remembering half of it right but like i but like uh yeah delorean got fucked on coke charges right i yeah i don't know but there was it was in back to the future yeah and they have the fold up things so we me could... and you me and you should write a book of <laughs> I, shit we kind of know i know the other half <laughs> <laughs> you're like yeah uh-huh whatever all i know wait there was a guy named delorean <laughs> no uh we cruise but, around in one of those we do the troubles tour yeah yeah and i'm talking the troubles tour the troubles yeah, you know about the troubles? I do, I, but I don't. It's like the Protestant Catholic thing. Yeah. The, oh, like, they call it the troubles. Yeah. Oh, it's such a sexy way to say like fucking riots. <laughs> yeah. The troubles. That's there, so Irish. And there's a thing called the peace line that runs uh, through like quite a bit of Belfast yeah. that separates the Protestant Catholics, and we can go to the peace line. It's not that like it's not like some of the biggest ones. Like there's a door in it that yeah. gets open like nine to five, so that like devalues it a little bit. Yeah. That undermines it because there's Wait, like is a, there still issues with Protestants and Catholics? Yeah. For real? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was done. You know, it kind of like, like we'd say it is, but then we'll like, we'll wink at you. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, it's so, done, but like. So I watched this movie called, but we were just talking about this on the ride over. I watched this movie called Belfast. Yep. Jamie Dornan's in it? I don't know. You don't know who he is? I don't know. No, no, no. I'm telling you he is. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> is he related to John DeLorean? No, no, no. <laughs> Jamie I, Dornan? I don't know. Hang on. Let me see. Which one is he? Is he the, the, the dad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's fucking great. Yeah. Him and the wife. Who plays the wife? She's uh, sexy as fuck. Katrina Balt, something like that. Belfast. And so uh, there's a sexiness to it. There's Thank a sexiness you. to that time. That time. But would you want to do, like, would you want to come over and we get you I throwing wanted, pipe I bombs? See, and, I wanted to see. Do you want to <laughs> fuck the place up a bit? We could, do you want to join a paramilitary for like Wait, one day? Is this, is this, is this like if someone was doing a podcast in Alabama and he's like, I want to hang a black person? <laughs> <laughs> We get, Is that the same? We get you the full experience. No, we have no like frame of reference for when we're offending, so we don't know anything about it. Me and Rogan, one time, we were fucking, we were using, I won't even say it because I know it's a bad word, but the P word, you know, for your people that, I'll fight you, I'll fight you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. bag of shite. Yeah. He ain't nothing but a bag of shite. Yeah. Tell him, tell him, Johnny. Oh, he's a bag of shite, he is. A bag of shite. I'll fight you. I'll fight We were watching those You videos. can't do accents. Yeah. <laughs> ah, you're nothing but a bag of shit. I tell you, I fight you, I fight you. By the way, you, if there's a movie, you have that look like nailed, dude. They were there's a p word for that thing. I know. Okay, and Rogan and I were doing a podcast, and we were just dropping that like we're in a fucking hip hop gang, and we're just and we were obsessed. Big John, what was that guy's name? It was a he was a fucking. It was so fucking. You mean the main, like the, the main bare knuckle guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And we were obsessed with He's that fucking. Oh, I love that. Yeah. He, but but uh, we were obsessed with those fights, and we were just dropping, and everyone and people were hitting us up like, you know, you can't. So we would live stream back then. <laughs> people were like, you can't say that word, and we were like, and then we'd say the word, 
<laughs> you can't say the word. We say it like four or five times. Why can't we say the word? And uh, but uh, but when it's not offensive to you, it has no register. Like it has no register. To, you go oh, like I remember I was in Australia and I was like I, my opening joke was I just got done watching Aborigine porn and everyone's like what the fuck and I was like wait have you guys not how do you not watch it they're here with you and and like but you you it doesn't if if it if you if you don't. It's the I think it's the thing with like cancel culture. If it doesn't register you as to you as bad, then it doesn't affect you. It's like uh, who did they go after? They went after someone, and he was just like, yeah, "I don't really care." Yeah. And then they were like, "Oh, guess we can't get him on that." Yeah. And you're like, like, well, like Rogan with the fucking vaccine stuff. Yep. And they're like, "We need to cancel him." He goes, "Yeah, I don't, I don't believe in that." Yeah. <laughs> and just moved forward, and you're like, "Okay." The only way it'd be problematic is if like you picked a side. But here's the thing: we get you to join paramilitaries for a day, but we split the day up. Yeah. You join a like a loyalist paramilitary one half of the day, yeah. then a Republican paramilitary the, so, after so, lunch. So what it was was so Belfast. Belfast is please keep saying Belfast. Is it that's why not? No, the way that's it. not it. But I love it. Belfast. <laughs> Belfast is uh, is Protestant, right? Oh God, um, it's 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 both. Like, and I but, mean, yeah, there's but, a hard but, line in but between. But who is who are the ones that they start like in the movie? Yeah. That family's Catholic, right? Right. So it would be like a like a Protestant or what would be called a loyalist gang or paramilitary yeah. would be the bad guys. Wait, are you Protestant? I'm I'm a little bit of both. Oh oh ooh. yeah yeah. You're like Trevor Noah. <laughs> yeah. He's by, the way, by the way, Trevor Noah. <laughs> Trevor Noah did. I've never. I mean, I'm not shitting on him. I've never watched the Daily Show. I'm just not. I'm not. It's not. It's not on my radar, right? Like it's yeah. just not. Um, and it's not when I watch TV. It's like five in the afternoon or it's something. Turning into Trevor Noah. Call no, 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 no. Fight you, Trevor. <laughs> no, he did the most fucking. Br- Maybe the most brilliant piece of television I've ever seen in my life. He took a, a I think it was for the Daily Show. I think he might. I think he's done doing the Daily Show. He took a camera crew back to meet his grandma, who That's lived right. in uh, lived in like a township, yeah. and it was fucking fascinating to listen to her talk about him being born a crime because he was part white, part black. And that they, uh, it was the most amazing piece of television I've ever seen. Yeah. And I immediately was like, I should have watched The Daily Show. God, yeah. that's so fucking fascinating. And you can't catch up. You're not going to catch up on it. No. You're not going to start go from the start. No. It's The Daily Show, uh, I went to a taping of The Daily Show when I first started when it was with Craig Kilborn. Right. And I laughed fucking hysterically. John Stewart is, John Stewart could run for president and I'd vote for him. Yeah. I had a really cool moment in stand up in San Francisco. John Stewart performed to maybe 20,000 people outside City Hall on a stage. And it was, everyone was standing, it was outdoors, and it was silent listening to every word he said. And we were crying laughing. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I just it's, by the time John Stewart left, I'd already lost, stopped watching The Daily Show, and so when it wasn't like going to reboot for me to get back into yeah. it. But uh, so Tom's due to come over to Belfast. He's he's doing a, a Tom's doing Belfast. Yep, he's doing Belfast on tour. So what I'm saying is, do we organize a day of fun for him? Would he be into that? Does he like to keep himself for himself? Should we f- stage like a fake kidnap, like paramilitary kidnapping? Yeah, for yeah. Him? No, what like you him? should do. What you should do is, uh, yeah, take him to the Fendi store, the Gucci store, right. to the Prada store. Um, uh, get him a sauna, spa, yeah. find a um, high-end like uh, like designer drug dealer who can give them uh, it's li- li- uh, lip the lip injections. Um, <laughs> he yeah no he's fucking you. Tom doesn't do 
And he, he doesn't want to see. He doesn't want to see the gritty side of Belfast. He does not care right. about Belfast. Yeah, I bet he'll. I bet Tom is. I, I'm. I'm half joking because there. Because there's a seed of tr- truth in this. Tom literally is the comic that gets there. Gets on. Is they're about to come on stage and he looks at the guy next to me. He goes, "Where am I?" And <laughs> yeah. they're like, "Belfast." He goes, "Is that what country?" Like Ireland. He goes, "Fantastic." Yeah. Belfast. Belfast, I love you guys. <laughs> like, Belfast. Belfast. I remember seeing him. I saw Drake play here. Drake. Uh, yeah, and he, uh, in Dublin. He's like, Dublin, this been the best show of the tour. And I got like really into it. This is like three years ago. Um, I was like, this is the best show he's ever done. I was like, this is incredible. I'm part of it. And then when I was in London doing a gig, two of the comedians had tickets to see Drake in the O2. And I'd seen the same tour and I was like, fuck it, I'll go again. Yeah. And I was like, this is amazing. I've seen him before. It was the best one he'd ever done. And he's like, London, this is the best show of the tour. And I was like, hold on. <laughs> What's happening here? I'm definitely saying that. I, I realized, I like, I realized. Dublin. It's, it was me. By the way, I, I wish you hadn't put the word Belfast in my head so much because I've got Don't say it tonight. I say, Belfast. Woo! Yeah, just say it's good to be here. Don't name a place. <laughs> We're, uh, I want to run this by you. Um, I, I'm. We have a lot of slang in Belfast, like like everywhere. Yeah. I want to run like five phrases by you, and I want you to tell me what you think this means. Yeah. So you just tell me what you. Uh, and if you need me to, I'll use it in a sentence. Okay. The cracks ninety. The crank. The cracks ninety. The cracks ninety. Ninety. I say ninety, but you say ninety. Nine, the cracks ninety. Cracks ninety. If I were to say to you, the cracks ninety. Uh, I I would I would assume you're you're saying you can't always get what you want. But if you get to have anal sex, that at least it's something. No, it just means like it's a good time. Oh, oh, the crack. <laughs> oh. I was figuring like you can't get the pussy, so you can just fuck her in the ass. No, it means like the crack is like the laugh, the fun, and oh. it means it's ninety. Like it's never going to be a hundred in Belfast, but we can get it to ninety. I like that. The crack's ninety. Crack's ninety. Ninety. What about if I was to call someone a buck Egypt? Buck Egypt? Yeah. Egypt has got to be moron. Yeah. So I'd say a widespread moron. 100%. <laughs> Buck Egypt. See, see on this tour, like on your day off in Dublin? Yeah. Just like anytime someone's like being a moron, just say to someone from here, what a Buck Egypt. Buck I Egypt. I fucking love that. What if I was to tell you to wind your neck in? Wind my neck in? Yeah. Stop talking shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just feel that one. Yeah. And by the way, you could do that to me a lot. <laughs> what if I was to tell you it's Baltic? Baltic? Well, I'm assuming that you're talking about the Baltic people, so I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try to guess what they are, and I'm a, I, I'm a guessing you probably Baltic people are like Serbs and stuff. No, am I not? Am I am I, I taking know. this racial? It's yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah, Baltic, okay. <laughs> it just means it's cold. Oh, and and lastly, if I was to tell you, uh, if I was to talk about bucking, oh, it's got to be fucking. Yes, bucking. Yes, you do. You you know here. I feel like I, I feel like I could I could uh, assimilate very easily. I think you could. Although I did, I you look like you're from here. I, I should. I I should. I should look like I, I thought I was when I went to Germany. I was like, it's so good to be home. And they're like, huh? And then I proceeded to talk about Hitler for the next twenty minutes. Oh, anytime I'm in the states and speak, people are like, oh, what part of Germany are you from? Oh yeah, you you got a little bit of a. Yeah, there's something sexy about like uh, I hooked up with an Irish chick one time, um, in probably 2000. It's got to be 2000. If we work out, you're my dad. I'm gonna fucking love this. And uh, <laughs> she had just gotten out of uh, jail. No, she had just gotten out of a of an engagement 
her she was at a she was at someone else's wedding. Her fiance had broken up with her. We met up with her at a bar. Me, Patrice, and Rich Voss had met up with her and her friends. And me and her went back to my flat in Edinburgh. And uh, we got into my room. And she, and she, she was drunk. And she kept saying, oh, I'm going to die an old maid. I'm going to die an old maid. And you know when you're like kissing someone and then you realize, I don't think they're that into this. Yeah. And like, and she would like, we'd kiss and then she'd look at me, could you love an old maid? And I was, was like, she, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could love an old maid. Was, I was, she, like, was she from Victoria? No, she was, she was so, there's something so sexy, like the white whiteness of an Irish chick. Right. Like the white, like puffy nipple red whiteness of an irish chick where you're like like fucking clean elbows and just everything and she, but she was so sexy blonde hair with little ringlets and she was like could you love an old maid and i was like hey you can't talk like this because you're reminding of my me of my nana so like like her accent was very similar to all the older women in my family yeah like my old and on my philly side and she was like we can have sex but you're doing it with an old maid, and I was like, <laughs> Jamaican maid, and I was like, I, I can't have sex with her, and uh, <laughs> and and uh, we, she didn't, she had to, she had to catch a ferry in the morning, and so we, uh, we didn't have sex, we didn't really do anything much more than kiss. Laid in my bed, she fell asleep. She got up early to uh, to go to. <laughs> she got up early. <laughs> catch the ferry and i got up with her and patrice was already up and he was (laughs) he was sitting in the kitchen he was a brutal fucking human at times he was sitting in the kitchen and i walked her to the thing to the door she said i'm catching me ferry (laughs) thanks for last night and taking care of this old maid and i went okay okay and she laughed and i come out i sit sit across from patrice and he goes said you fuck mrs doubtfire or not (laughs) No, I didn't. He goes, I couldn't stop hearing her say she's an old fucking maid all night long. And I was like, yeah, that was uh, pretty aggressive. He, there was another, there was another chick that uh, I, I hooked up with this chick that had cerebral palsy, and I didn't know she had cerebral palsy because I was drinking so much at the time. I just thought we were all fucked up. And then she came over to 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 Scotland, and I found out she had cerebral palsy right before she came, and. I was like, I just was like, oh, yeah. And so Patrice could not stop laughing that I was such an alcoholic that I couldn't tell if someone was disabled. And so and so one night we're hooking up in my bed, me and this chick, and uh, she was absolutely fucking gorgeous. Absolutely fucking gorgeous. She looked like a hotter Sarah Michelle Geller. Fucking gorgeous. And she was a little crazy. And she took off all her clothes and stood at the front of my bed and let me know I would not be fucking her. She was drunk and she was like, you're not fucking me. You're not fucking me. You're not going to fuck me at all. She's totally naked. I'm telling you, the hottest, hottest fucking body. Perfect. Perfect. Like C-cup tits. She was maybe 115 pounds. C-cup tits. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Yes, like her left arm's a little skinnier than her right arm, and her left leg was a little skinnier than her right leg. I'm just telling you the truth. And but she was, and but you could tell that these things had like, you're not 
fucking me. Do you understand me? And I was like, I go, I'm not trying to fuck you. I'm trying to go to bed right now. And I was like, and in my head, I was like, just suck my dick and we'll go to bed. And But I was like, okay. She was staying in my place. And I was like, okay, I'm not fucking you. I get it. And <laughs> she's at the front of my bed. And... <laughs> To the far, like, like this is my bed. She's here. That's the door to my bedroom. My door opens, and Patrice sticks his big head in like a fucking just leans in, looks at me, and he goes, looks at her, looks at me, and he goes, <laughs> and then leans out of the room and shuts the door. She never saw it. She fucking hated Patrice. She hated Patrice because she went to shake his hand, and she put out her left hand or whatever to shake his hand. He goes, what are you, the fucking queen? Give me your other hand. What's wrong with this hand? You got a baby hand? And and she was and immediately he caught he fucking she he hated her so fucking much and she fucking hated him. Imagine I'm driving back tonight and it's all dark and I'm driving down the motorway and I just hear the old maid from the back seat. I'm kind of wouldn't it be great if you could find I want to would love to find that chick. Yeah. I wonder if she has to have gained weight. There's two degrees of separation to everyone in Ireland. We'll we'll find her. Yeah, I would. I, that, that's the only thing that I wish. Like, I, I'm very happily married, and I love my wife. But I would be. It would be cool in like a Prince. Who's the one that just died? Prince. Don't Philip? say Andrew. Yeah, Prince Philip. Yeah, in a Prince Philip way to go around the world and fuck different indigenous people. Yeah, not in a Prince Andrew way. Yeah, not in a Prince Andrew way, <laughs> but in a Prince Philip way. Yeah. Where like, do you ever see like? The, uh, in the crown? The picture of... Yeah, do you see the crown? Yeah, yeah, when yeah. They're, when they're in, like, the <laughs> islands and they're all, like, laid back on a tree root yeah. and it's just naked fucking indigenous people and he's like, it's not bad here, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's such... I mean, yeah. him and his boys had a fucking 50-year <laughs> yeah. bachelor party that was... Oh, it was pedal to the fucking the metal. Boys getting the tan, sealing the Dude. seas. Yeah, you see, they just put them on a boat, and they're like, "Just don't bring it back." Yeah. Do you know how many little Prince Andrews or Prince uh, Phillips <laughs> had to be around? Oh yeah, like just yeah. I mean, that guy had a fucking that guy. That guy had a fucking life. Yeah, he had a decade of fun. Early Nazi, right? Yeah. So early Nazi, not even like like was like. He was the before, fun Nazi. When before you, it was cool. Yeah, he was, he was the fun Nazi before they were doing hate crimes. <laughs> yeah. Like he was like the got the outfit, went to the camps, and he was like the the, the like where the boys fuck the girls, and then they're like, and then they're like, yo, shit's going sideways. You want to marry a British chick? He's like, done, son. Fucking goes up. He goes, I don't care if it's my cousin. Let's fucking do this. And then they get together, and then he just fucking parties balls for fuck the rest of his life. Do you know that I got obsessed with the Queen? I really had a a, a real. This is gonna sound fucked up and i know that i don't know what i'm saying but i had a real respect for her yeah. because she took on a responsibility that none of us would fucking want yeah you mean like look at like uh the fucking andrew is that the redheaded kid andrew who harry harry look at harry harry didn't want it no yeah he didn't want it he didn't want to be a part of that Pr- and and people go, oh, you would. I would love to be the prince. It's a pain in the fucking ass. Prince Philip met this kid for like a TV opportunity kind of thing at a primary school. The kid's like six years old. Yeah. And he said to the kid, what do you want to be when you're older? The kid's like, an astronaut. He's like, you're too fat to be an astronaut. <laughs> Just walked off. There's there's a compilation, YouTube compilations that are phenomenal. Let me... Um, that would be... That would be... I would be... That... I want to. I, I want to be king now. Yeah. Uh, just so, so that, and you can't get canceled. And you just, and you're almost like you're autistic. You say the thing you think. You're too fat to be an astronaut. 
Yeah. Next. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, someone needs to tell this kid. Yeah. That's fucking. Yeah, that guy. That guy partied his dick off. I watched The Crown. I loved The Crown. Yeah. That was yeah, a great yeah. fucking show. Can I tell you what other shows really good? Yeah. Have you seen? Is it The Great? It's. I think it's called The Great. It's about Catherine the Great. Oh, okay. And it, they did it so interestingly because they made it so that um, they made it so that everything's kind of like flippantly fun. Right, so it's it's uh, it's horrible atrocities. The, her husband Peter was an absolute fucking nightmare of a human being. He they tried to kill him. He poisoned. He, he they he murdered his entire staff at one point. Like he's just a horrible man. But they made it like like uh, like tongue in cheek. Yeah. So the, all the murders are a little funny. <laughs> yeah. Like and it's and it and it's really done well. And I and you don't. It's done so well, you you almost forget that these were actual murders he committed. Right, that right. he murdered <laughs> tons of fucking people flippantly. Yeah. That flippantly, like she wanted a bear. That's the one thing she wanted was a bear, having no idea what a bear was. And then he got her a bear, and it was like it was like fucking. And then he killed the bear because he got mad at her. And, and and but it's so done so well that you're like you're like oh. Oh, he killed the bear. <laughs> Not realizing that was an animal. Yeah, it's fucking. That was a good show. The Crown's good. Have, um, you, have you seen? Um, have you seen? You know, obviously, machines come on. A, it's going to be huge. Have you, have you seen my movie? No. Battle of the Bone. No. Two thousand eight Northern Irish Independent Martial Arts Zombie Movie. You haven't seen Martial Arts Zombie Movie. Let me set the scene. Protestants and Catholics come together in Belfast for the first time to defeat an army of drug crazed zombies. You're looking at the lead. Two thousand and eight. Ring a bell. No, I'm, I want to watch it though. Yeah. Protestants and Catholics come together to fight Battle fucking of the zombies. I, I swear this was a real thing. So when I, I'll tell you a quick version of this. Whenever I was in college, I studied like filmmaking, behind the camera stuff. And then this guy was like making a feature film for 10 grand. And he was like, I need students to like be assistant camera people. I was like, I'll do it. Two weeks into it, this guy's like, I'm supposed to be the lead, him. He's like, will you shave your head and you be the lead? I'd never acted ever. I'd never done stand up. I was like, yeah, I'll do that. No acting experience. I became like the lead in this movie. When we were in production, so it's like at a stunt double. It was like it was at the time. I was like, "This is I'm I'm set. Like this is going to be yeah. huge." It it's really worth a watch. It it's it's not not no real budget. Protestant Catholics always been enemies, but they come together to fight the zombies. Yeah. Um. And he he was like he thought this movie was going to be great. It got a review from a martial arts magazine in Japan that said and this is on the cover of the DVD but the director put it on like dead serious like he wasn't being funny it's on the cover of the DVD of Battle of the Bone it says arguably the greatest Northern Irish martial arts zombie movie ever made and that that's on it I want to watch it it got into like HMV which is like our like big like DVD store yeah um, and it was uh, everyone's buzzing about that like they're stocking it but it was I swear to god they were doing a thing where it was free with any purchase like they would just put it in your bag oh, as well wow. Um yeah Battle of the Bone I gotta watch it. I gotta watch it. I love. There's a. Uh, it's funny that I like zombie movies were not something I never was into, and now all of a sudden they're really fucking hot. Yeah, like zombie of battle of the everything. Because of Battle of the Bone. It might, it, I, I can't wait to watch it. I can't wait to watch it. I'm surprised you haven't seen it. So do you think you'll ever move to the states? Would you move to the states? I thought if I if it if it hasn't happened now, based on Battle off the back of Battle of the Bone, I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> battle of the Bone came out like 13 years ago. Really? Yeah. It it just hasn't hit yet. It's it, it's coming. It, hey, listen, they're they're sleeper movies. There's a lot of them that pop out at it for no reason at it's all. It's the shittest thing ever made, 
ever, but to the point where it's like really good. Get it released online. I never got a script. I would get a script as we were doing the thing. Yeah. And it was like, just look at that. Not None of it makes sense. It was all ADR'd. All ADR'd. Oh, but like great. the interior and the exterior stuff were just done the same. It, oh, you have really like, funny. oh, there's a bit like there was a bit at the end, right? The iconic finish to this was um, I'm standing at the sub- top of some church steps, bloodbath with a main zombie. I love it. The main zombie comes over. And he's like making a beeline for me because I'm like the main guy. I have a shaved head. I'm 18 at this point, 11 stone. I'm like, here we go. I stand top of the steps. The director explains this to me on the day. He goes, here's what's going to happen. Two people are going to panic and throw you weapons to defeat the zombie. It's a a Union Jack and a a tricolour, the British flag and the Irish flag. And in a symbolic moment, I'm going to impale the zombie with the two flags and they're going to fly together symbolizing people come together but i swear to god see on the day when we shot it i said to the director as i'm at the top of the steps i said how are you going to do the how are you going to do the flip like you're going to cgi the flip he said no no just give it a go <laughs> i said i don't give it a go I, I can't do a flip he's like you don't know unless unless you try we're t- we're 20 steps up i was like I won't be able to, I can't catch in mid, he goes, catch him in midair, give it a go until you, <laughs> I was like, I can't, I won't live. Yeah. So we, we like shaped the shot. So like I catch them and it took like 20 takes for me to just catch these. And then I, 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 it was me up to the point where I'm like, I have to make it look like I'm about to do a flip. So I'm like, and I do this and then it cuts to like a shot of like the sky and my feet doing this. <laughs> <laughs> and then I land with them in, and and that's the end. And it's 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 a, it's a piece of cinematic history. The Battle of the Bone. When we did the machine, there was a there was a stunt. Like I was I was very uh, <laughs> I had I, I wanted to do all my own stunts. Like I I wanted to. I, I was like one of the things. Like I'll do all my own stunts. I'm very athletic. I can do all my own stunts. And they were like, they're like, no, you shouldn't do all your own stunts. <laughs> my stunt guy, his name was Kazumi. So funny. This is a difference, like, I, I notice subtle differences sometimes culturally. So we shot the movie in Serbia, which was a socialist country for a long time. Uh, borderline communist, but not communist because Tito, but very socialist. And the socialist mentality is, is uh, just get it done. Like, just get it done. Halfway through production, I noticed that they're cutting my beard weird and they're cutting my hair weird. They're parting my hair to the side. And I said, that's so funny. Have you noticed that my... My hair is getting, it feels like you're cutting it shorter. My beard looks shorter. And they're like, yeah, we need you to look like Kazumi. And I said, huh? (laughs) They go, he's your stunt double. And I said, oh. And then I went, wait, no, he's supposed to look like me. And they go, it's just easier for you to look like him. Because we can't grow his hair out, but we can trim yours back. And I went, you know, I'm the one in the fucking movie. Like, it matters what I look like. And they're like. It's easier to get you look like Kazumi. So, I mean, they would do things where you, I put on the clothes one day and I was like, I was like, these don't fit at all. And they're like, you've gained weight. And I was like, no, but not that much. Like from yesterday? And they're like, you've gained a lot of weight. I put my shoes on and I go, my shoes are tight. And they're like, yeah, you're bloated. And I go, no, my feet don't gain weight though. Even when I'm bloated, my feet don't gain weight. And they're like, you've gotten very overweight. We do a whole shoot in this outfit and then Kazumi comes out and he's swimming in his clothes. And I go, I go, you lose weight? And he goes, I know, I think they switched our clothes. <laughs> so I did a whole day of shoot. I looked disgusting in his clothes. 
So we go to do the scene of me going down a flight of stairs. And I'm like, I'm going to do it. And the first thing my producer says is, no, you're not. And I go, no. I mean, he goes, the majority of incidents that where we have problems is people going down a flight of stairs. You are not going down a flight of stairs. And I was like, I go, I can't imagine it's that fucking hard. Yeah. I won't go that fast. He goes, it gets away from you. Yeah. And so I go, I think I'll do it. So... I do the, I, they break up the scene where that you do the first fall and they catch you. Then you do the second fall. Like, so you do the fall onto the stairs and then you do the fall off the stairs and then you do a full fall down the stairs. So I do the first fall down the stairs and I go really fucking hard. And, and cause I don't know speeds. And so I go really hard and I go flying and it looks great. And they're like, that's awesome. And I was like, guys, yeah, a little bit harder this time. I do the second fall and I fucking miss my blocking and I start falling down the flight of stairs and I realize, oh, it does speed up. Like it doesn't, like I thought you could control it. You have no fucking control. Yeah. They catch me and I go, all right, we're fine. We do the second fall where we go down the stairs and, I, and I'm like, and, and they're like, just go up like six stairs and go down. And I was like, six stairs doesn't look real. I'm going to go up like 10 stairs. And they're like, that's half the flight. And I go, it'll be fine. <laughs> we go down half the flight of stairs and I fucking hit my head so fucking hard. And I was like, oh, okay. I'm not going down the full flight. And they're yeah. like, no shit. Kazumi goes down the flight of stairs. Just <laughs> Lance stands up and he goes, I have to do one more time. And we're like, fuck, that guy was bad. But I blew out my hand, my arms because I had to tackle my my the villain and ta- take him down a flight of stairs. And as soon as I tackled him, I popped all my uh, tendons in my elbow and ripped my triceps off. And as soon as that happened, I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm never doing another stunt again. Battle of the Bone 2? Yeah. Kazumi, lead. Kazumi was the funniest, the fun, the funniest dude, the funniest stuntman because he didn't know anything about me. Uh, so they would go, all right, Kazumi, because uh, you, you know you block out stunts. They're like Kazumi will show you what you're supposed to do, and his English wasn't great. They're like he'll show you what you he'll block it out for you and show you what the fight sequence looks like or the the stunt looks like, and. And so Kazumi do it, and he would go, Hello, father, I am fat and drunk. I am big, fat, Bert. Where are you, father? And I was like, is that the fucking lines? Or like, he's not great with English. And I was like, okay. And he, and he go, I am fat, tub of shit. Tub of shit, fat guy. Where is my father? I love you, father. And I was like, is he... Who's teaching him these lines? And they're like, well, we just got a paraphrase for Kazumi. And then he'd be like, oh, I'm so fat, I have diarrhea. And I'm like, wait, are you guys, like, who's feeding him these fucking lines? We would laugh at listening to Kazumi. I, I wish I had footage of it. We, were, we would film him and cry laughing at his, and he wasn't trying to be funny at all. Yeah. He was just, but man, he did, he did some great shit. He's the mom for. But then you realize stunt doubles are fucking awesome. Yeah, they're fucking legit. Um, I know you got to go because you literally got to go on stage. So I just want to ask. Started the show yet? Okay, nice. Okay, I take a shit. I got to ask you this quick thing. Um, I when I did my tour of the states last year, Mm -hmm. um, I did maybe like six, seven cities, shot it all, and I'm gonna release that as like a special, like a little bit from this city, that city, uh, as like one set. What, in your opinion, what do I do with that? Just do I put that oh, on YouTube? Do I put, I, I put everything on YouTube right now? I mean, it seems to me that that's where everyone's finding their content. And, you know, I, I I know I'm on YouTube a lot, always looking for stuff. 
I mean, it's where I get all my documentaries. Like, it's like, I, I mean, I watch everything on YouTube. So I, I would put it on, I would personally put it on YouTube because I feel like that's where everyone's landing. I want as many people to see it as possible. Yeah. Because it's like from all the American shows, I'm going to call it Shane Todd All-American. It's great. Like it? I love it. I love All American. Yeah, it's going to be a little confusing with the Irish accent. Yes, because you will get a lot of the red states going. Yeah, that's what I want to see. Just some good, clean, no immigrant, no immigrant. Look at this kid, born in this country, and they're like, "What the fuck?" My analytics. I think he was born with half a tongue. Why is he talking like that? I don't know what brilliant means. He's using brilliant way too much. He just called her a cunt. You can't say cunt. That's my wife's family. The, uh, <laughs> the I what was the joke? I just wrote a joke. Oh, I'm trying to write a joke about um, about uh, how dangerous uh, the Florida was where I grew up was versus like Germany. They have no predators. What? And just I don't mind. You were talking. I was like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Did you guys have predators up here, like wolves or anything? Just like a friend of my uncle, but like. Yeah, the most, the most you could do is get molested. I one time was telling someone a story. We were running a half marathon, me and Jim Florentine, and we were talking about concussions. And in the middle of telling him my story, realized I was molested. <laughs> like I was telling him the story, and I was like, we were jogging in a half marathon. Me, this guy Galvin, and 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 Jim Florentine were jogging real slow. And they were like, "Do you ever get a concussion?" And I was like, "Yeah, I got a, I got a really bad one at basketball camp." And they're like, "How bad?" And I was like, uh, "They had to wake me up every thirty minutes." And they're like customary and i go and check my testicles what i go yeah the priests would take turns coming in and waking me up and checking my testicles and they're like and what's funny in in this story is that they stopped jogging and i kept jogging and i went hey what are you guys doing and they're both frozen and they're like are you joking and i said no and they're like i think you were molested and i went no 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 that's how you have to do that it's like a physical they check your testicles and then in my head i was like yeah wait that doesn't seem like pro- concussion protocol. Yeah. And they're like, no, 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 you, you were molested. Yeah. And then they were like, and how many priests? I was like, I don't know. And they took turns. And I was like, wait. And then they were like, and you have no trauma from this? And I was like, I thought I was what you did for a concussion. And then they were like, oh, my God. You had to check theirs, too. Yeah, I was like, and, the, and, then, and then I was like, and then all of a sudden the realization of, yeah, it doesn't seem like something you do for a con- yeah. And I'm fucking 44 jogging in a half marathon going, yeah, that does seem fucking odd. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. I wanted to get it to as many people as possible. So yeah. I think that's what I'm going to do. All American. Uh, and it's clubs in America. Like, they look so good. Because, like, yeah. people like. What did you do? What clubs? I did the ones that you'll see in the special would be Cobbs in San Francisco. That's beautiful. The Improv, yeah, where small room, uh, Hollywood, small room Hollywood okay, Improv yeah, in the lab. Uh, the Stand in New York. Yeah, awesome. and Zany Chicago. It's three, three great clubs. Because I like I did the a place called the Grand Opera House in Belfast. Filmed like five shows, five cameras. That's fucking awesome. Put so much into it, and then went to the states. It was like let's bring one camera. All the venues there have we don't have multi camera HD setups, and I was like. Fuck the Opera House stuff. People, like, from where I'm from, like, we don't... We, Belfast stand-up scene's unbelievable, but, like, no one's really done, like, the states and the clubs and the tour there. So I thought that that's more interesting, I think, for a viewer. I think so. Well, I mean... I mean, there's there's some there's stand up is moving at such a fucking rapid pace. I I find a hard time keeping up with what everyone's doing on such big fucking scales. I mean, you look at like, I mean, I'll, I'll t- two of my friends, uh, who 
I mean, literally the last time they'll be opening for me ever is in February uh, 8th, 9th, 10th, and 11th. Shane Gillis and Mark Norman. And, both on the pod. Yeah. But they've, done, they've done this. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I, they both put out YouTube specials, and now they're so big. I mean, and I like, listen, I obviously, I think it's very clear I, I can sell tickets, but we're doing four arena shows, and I'm almost, almost 100% certain they've sold out two of them yeah. for me. Like, they, like just adding them to the, the list. And it's, it's, it's why, we, like, I said to my wife, I was like, we need to get, because it's, it's a Super Bowl that weekend. And I was like, and I'm paying them like I would if they were, they're featuring. And, uh, you know, I'm getting the lion's share of the money because it's, you know, my name. I'm promoting it. I'm, I'm yep. the one closing it. I have to follow these two fucking savages. And, uh, and I was like, I said to my wife, my wife's like, you've got to give them a, I mean, no one does. Four arena shows at my level is not, that's not normal. Right, you yep, know, it's yep. I, like I do an, a one arena show. That's it. I'll do one, two, and we did two in Alaska. It's because it's Alaska. It was the only thing coming. Right, that makes sense. Right, um, uh, you can do two some places, but fucking four is a next level. Yep. And uh, so I, was, I gotta buy them tickets to the fucking Super Bowl. Yeah, to, and it's not cheap. The, those guys in Joe List doing the YouTube thing. You know, I was like, all right, that I didn't think of that. That that everyone wants to do that. They're blowing up. I mean, Stavros is doing it. Schultz put out his special 12 million views. I can't wait to see the size venues he does when he tours. Yep. I mean, he's gonna be doing he'll be doing stadiums. I mean, he really with 12 million views on YouTube, yep. He'll be doing fucking actual stadiums. Um it's interesting. It's interesting to me because I, you know, we don't know what how many views we get on Netflix. Yeah. But uh but I will say that I probably am the luckiest individual in the fucking world that my last special on Netflix came out three days after stay-at-home orders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally stay-at-home orders to happen on March 13th and 14th, and my special came out March 17th. And and I was like, I was like, not a bad time to put a special out yeah. when... When the government says everyone needs to stay in their house, yeah. don't leave your living room, and they're like, "Oh, I wonder what's on TV." Do you think I should hold my special back for a pandemic? I would. I would. Just sit on it. Ralphie May told me, uh, "Pray for a snowstorm." That's what he said. <laughs> he goes, "Hey, player, pray for a snowstorm." I'll tell you right now, snowstorm doesn't shut down power, doesn't shut down yeah. TVs, just keeps them inside. You better pray for a snowstorm. <laughs> N-word. <laughs> this is Ralphie. And by the way, and so uh, he was dead by the time my special came out, but I would love to have told him, fuck a snowstorm. Yeah, yeah. Dude, a, an international pandemic's not bad business. Yeah. Tom's came out the next week. Me and Tom had the two of the biggest specials they've ever put out because they were like, I mean, it shows you how bad of comics we are is that we're not even close to Dave Chappelle, but like the world watched our specials. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know you gotta go, but next time you tour, you gotta do Belfast. You gotta I do have, our arena. I don't know why I didn't do Belfast this time. You have a day off tomorrow. Do you want to do it tomorrow? Yeah, we should put tickets on. So is there a comedy club? I'd do a fucking straight up just comedy club. Would you? I'd we have the best. Do- we have the best point for fun comedy scene in apart from Europe and LA. And what's what's tomorrow? What day is tomorrow? Saturday. Saturday. We can, I I swear, right? We could do a show tomorrow night in a great venue. I like you. We could do a show, and it would be an unbelievable event. The place Kevin Hart played, and it would, it would be a set up. I don't know, maybe you can't do it, but it would be. No, I, I remember the first time I put tickets on sale. I did a place called the Bill Murray. Yeah, in, in London? London. Yeah, 
It's a nice venue. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, I wonder if uh, I'll just put it on sale. I'll announce it like a week out, and it, I remember it was the first time I, I was like, I thought I was moving in the right direction because it sold out in like thirty minutes, and I went whoa and then i saw it's like 80 seats yeah and i was like okay that makes sense but i was like still like yeah yeah it turned out my whole trip to london into a business trip yeah i had a great set my wife came and it was fucking awesome i love it over here i, I think it's great I'll, I'll leave that which belfast is 19 minutes away you could do fucking matinee we could do a matinee tomorrow and it would it'd be huge it would sell it we could do hundreds of tickets that'd be fun i would love to fucking i, I kind of feel like i need to work out material mm. well that's but, a room that's a room uh kevin hart Used uh, to do I, that. That's fucking yeah. Maybe we'll do that. I would love to fucking work out some material and not these fucking uh, the. I don't even know how big the one we're doing tonight is, but these fucking theaters are beautiful. Yeah, and it's hard to be like to fuck around on stage in front of three thousand people. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna take a shit. Yep. Hey, um, thank you for doing this. I said in the intro to this, but you weren't here for. I've never been more excited to do an episode. I'm a huge fan. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate you, like in the venue doing this, like. I, did, I didn't expect you to agree to do this, but um, no, I, thank you so much. I, can I tell you, I, I said to someone, this is going to sound like egotistical, but I said to someone, you, you reached out to me and you said, I'd love to do a podcast. Now, the One of the things that I, I get really excited about as a guy who has a podcast is when you reach out to someone you want a podcast with and they go, yeah, let's make it happen. David Spade did that for me. Like David Spade, I'm a huge David Spade fan. And I... And he, you know, I'd see him and stuff, but I'd, I was always nervous to ask him to do my podcast. So I, I DM'd him one night and I was like, hey man, I'd love to have you on my podcast. And he went, yeah, let's do it. I'd love to do it. He doesn't need to do it. He has nothing to promote. Yeah. He doesn't need to do it any other than really just letting me fanboy on him and tell him that him and his group of comics are the co- coolest dudes to ever do comedy, that they define my sense of humor, that like, I, I mean, I'm, 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 you know it, it just that was the thing and i thought like i remember when you hit me up i thought if if at all i'm providing any of that then that's the coolest feeling as a podcaster is to get to podcast with someone you want to podcast with yeah and so i was like yep. i was like if he wants to then i want to i used to be fucking aggressive about it like i would people would hit me up and be like hey man we have a podcast and i was like let's do it and you could tell they'd never done a podcast before and i'm right. just hanging in the room smoking weed in a dorm room yeah and I, was, <laughs> and I was like and they're like do you want to do dmt and i was like no <laughs> i was like wait what is this and, and and then i did one in edmonton i did one in edmonton and the guy had just found out he had genital warts and I was like, and he, he, it was like, the, this is the very beginning of podcasting. I drove to their apartment. I go to their apartment. We drink beers. We smoke a joint. And the guy's like, I'm having a rough day, man. And I went, really? And he goes, I think I got genital warts. And I was like, I was like, everyone's got genital warts. He goes, for real? And I went, yeah. And he goes, oh, you're making me feel so better. I don't know what accent I'm doing. But yeah. Yeah. No, I... I appreciate it so much no i'm glad we did this and you might have turned me on to tea i am yes. i've had two sips and i'm buzzing yeah, yeah and i'm yeah. literally like you like, have a great set you would have a great set anyway but but this either that or i'm gonna be firing me. hot like where the fuck's Conor mcgregor yeah <laughs> is he is he uh popular here some yeah yeah, yeah. He, he divides opinion yeah he it seems opinion. like because well, it's like uh it's like uh hulk hogan to us in florida we're like yeah he's right. the hulkster but yeah. He's got some. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's not the perfect guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's not the perfect guy. <laughs> Hulk Hogan, baby. He. Let me tell you, that guy can deliver a promo like no one's business. Yeah. I was fucking around with him. I, he. We were doing a radio show, 
And uh, actual Hulk Hogan, actual Hulk Hogan. Yeah, we were doing a radio show in Orlando, and I was like, Hulkster. I go, I fuck with my buddy Tom all the time. I make fun of him for being fat. We were doing this fat shaming thing. Yeah, yeah. I go, can you? Uh, if I put the camera on you, can you give me? He goes, oh, sure thing, brother. <laughs> and so I, got, I have the camera and I cut him. Like I, you can find this clip somewhere. I'm like. What's up, Tommy? I'm in Orlando. I'm having cold beers early in the morning. I'm pretty good at promos. Like, I can roll them on. I go, early in the morning, and I'm with my training partner. Isn't that right, Hulk? And Hulk grabs the phone. He goes, let me tell you something, two-titty Tommy. And he just fucking, you got 90-inch guns running down on you. Me and the machine are going to come after you. Yeah, what are you going to do, two-titty? Like, he was so fucking good that I went, I got done, and I was like, that guy's got him in his pocket. He was fucking awesome. And then Tom's like, did you, is that really Hulk Hogan? I was like, <laughs> if it isn't, I have the best imposter ever. Yeah. I'm doing a, we're doing comedians charity boxing in four weeks in the Ulster Hall in Belfast. And I, I got to get inside my opponent's head. So I need, I need to track down the Hulkster. Who's your opponent? A guy called Johnny Bo. You want to call him, you want to call him a bitch? No. He might knock me out. No, he won't. He won't. <laughs> I can't fight. Neither can I. Neither can he. Neither can any of the comedians on the bill. But it's for charity. <sighs> That's what, cha- what charity are you doing? It's for Pips. It's like a, a charity in Belfast. Okay, it's I, gonna be it's gonna be good. Everyone's uh, taking it massively. Ser- like to be honest, coming down from Dublin today, I see this is taking a break from camp. Here's my problem with charity: I don't get to see the payoff. Like I want to see <laughs> the look on the kid's face when you feed him for the first time. I want him. Like I want. Give me video. Like right, right, like, right. Hey Bert, this is St. Jude's. Just so you know, he's walking. Like or something. I want to see the payoff, and that's that's my hard time. Yeah. I like the only charity I I, I I donate to St. Jude's, although they've been assholes to me. <laughs> What, have, what, is, what is that? Sorry, I try St. Jude's. Uh, it's uh, well, St. Jude's one of my medals I wear, but it's uh, Danny, Danny, um, what's you call it? Set it up, and it's it's for uh, it's for kids. It's for kids, so they don't really need my money because like everyone do- donates to them. So like every time I donate, I don't get like a thank you or anything. And, which I, like, from I the don't kids, need it. no, but I don't need it from them. Yeah. But like then I was gonna donate mon- some money, and they were like, nah. And I was like, what? And they're like, you get it from like, you're getting it at bars. We don't want it. And I was like, okay. Is it the doorman from the London Comedy Store? <laughs> could be. It could be. By the way, I'll never perform there. That guy's waiting for me. He's like, hello, bro. It's me again. Name's still not on the list. All you needed was a few sips of tea and that accent yeah. is spot on from the first time you did it. I can't wait to get my Irish accent. Hello. Nope, that's not it. No, nah. you got to find an accent. Finding an accent, find like, accent finding an accent for me is like finding the pussy in seventh grade. Do you remember when you were like you were like I? It's got to be near the belly button, right? And then you're like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa! I'm going around the corner. Where the fuck is this thing? It was so much lower than you thought it was. I remember trying to push through her pubis, going, "That's her cherry. That's her cherry. It's where it's got to be in the middle of all the hair." Yeah. And then I was like, "It's under." Is I was like, "Am I in her asshole?" You find my accent weird. No, uh, I can I tell. You, I find it very uh, comforting. Okay, I find the Irish accent very comforting. Um, I can get lost in the British accent, like I can get lost listening to them because I just that kind of like go. I like dream. Mm-hmm. The Australian accent scares me a little bit. Yeah. Um, German accent terrifies me. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. On the nine. Yeah. And then uh, this, my favorite accent is probably like the North Carolina. A rich older man right who like dresses fine but he's overweight and he wears his belt above his belly button mm-hmm. and you think he's you can't tell if he's gay because <laughs> of his accent he's like 
boy, boy, come hither. I, I, I was wondering, do you uh, do you know what a mint julep is? Because it does not taste like a mint julep. So my my buddy's dad was was that guy. Right. And yeah. you, you boys gonna get in the pool today? <laughs> and you're like. Your dad wants to walk, go swimming with us, and he's like, "No, he's just he wants to drink. He don't want to make sure no one drowns." We're like, "Are you sure that's why he watches us swim?" Bird, how's your daddy? My daddy? He's your daddy? Is your daddy still uh, uh, doing the law out in, the, in North Tampa? That's the interesting accent. I love that one. I like that. Uh, one. My wife's accent. I do her accent on my special because I just trash her. Yep. Um, uh, what's a good, the, I mean, I, I, the Minnesota, the Canadian accent I fucking love. It's just so trusting. Yeah. I did Toronto for the first time in April there. Ooh, the sexiest accent is Montreal. Is it? Yeah. They sound like, uh, they sound like Pinky Tuscadero. Yeah. Uh, Pinky Tuscadero was Fonzie's girlfriend in oh, Happy Days. Okay. And she had this real weird a way to talk Fonzie you know eh, uh. and like and Montreal is like this weird cause they're a little bit of French but they they also have the action like this <laughs> I don't know and it's like what the fuck is this yeah. there was a chick who was on the travel channel or food network who had that accent and she was so fucking hot I watched all the male travel channel and, and every male at this upfront meet her and be smitten with her immediately, <laughs> immediately. And then in the same breath, there was a thing called the, about these farmers, these kids that were all farmers, seven of them. They had uh, seven family members. They all ran a farm, and they, they were doing a show for Great American Country. And I remember shaking a hand with a farmer. Have you ever shaken hands with a guy that works with his hands all day? Need to and it was like the most calloused hands that I've ever seen in my life. I, I have a joke. I had a joke about it. His his I go. He can't jerk off. He's tall. His hands are the texture of dog paws, like, and so. But he he was gorgeous. Everyone immediately was like that fucking guy. All right, I gotta go. Okay. All right, I'm gonna take a shit. I All right, enjoy you. it. Thank you so much. Thank Bert. you, brother. Thank really you. appreciate it. I appreciate it. You're on the tea now. Oh, I fucking Deal love it. I might up. get a cup of tea before I go out on stage. Easy, easy, ah! easy. Will you say you're my mom? Are you my mom? <laughs> say you're my mom. You're my mom, right? I I love you. I love you. Hey, you want to go there? Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.